The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coonhound Collective Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Todd Sellers. Todd, how's it going? Going good, man. Just hot. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. It, it's hot for sure, man. That, that is no doubt about that. It's It's been hot here in Missouri the last, uh, last week or two and getting dry. And uh, I'm ready for some cooler weather for sure so uh, I can get out here and really start pushing some hounds. I agree with you there. I don't hunt much in the summer. We got too many critters, gators, snakes. It's it's not that fun down here. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine. I can I can appreciate that being from southeast Alabama originally. I can I can definitely appreciate that. Well, while you're at it, won't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, that kind of thing. Well, I'm from South Georgia. Been here my whole life. Uh, I'm 42 years old now. Got six kids, been married, uh, run my own business. I got two two-year-old twins, so they keep me beyond busy right now. And I, I don't get to hunt as much as I used to, but I still get to go here and there. My wife's done a wonderful job. She keeps the kids at home while I work, and that's about it when it comes to just me personally. Okay. Um won't you tell us how you got involved in, in coon hunting and messing with hounds? Well, I've been coon hunting probably close to 15 years. And later in my life, had a buddy that had a coon dog. And I got an old dog named Maggie. And there wasn't much of a coon dog. It pretty much just ran through the woods. But I just loved being in the woods at night. And, uh, that's how I got started. He had a dog called uh, Southern Moon, I believe her name was. She's a pretty nice little dog. And I got a dog off of her pup. And that was actually my first nice coon dog that could actually free a coon. Okay. Uh, what what kind of hounds was those? Oh, uh, that was those were walkers. I started out in the walker breed, and that dog's name was happened to be Blackjack, and. Uh, he was kind of older when I got him. Uh, treated his first coon with one of my good buddies. And he turned out to be a really nice dog. Probably the, one of the hardest hunting dogs I've had. He was stubborn as a mule. Um, when you cut him loose, you was going to have to get him off a tree somewhere, and he was going to be by himself. I don't care what happened. He would not tree with another dog. They could back him, but he actually was my first dog I won competition hunts with. He won a world ticket for me in AKC at the Southern Heritage Hunt. We placed in the top 10 the first year they had it. Uh, I didn't go to the world hunt, but I had one litter of pups off him, and I ended up raising a one female off of him, and I started slowing down, and I sold him to a young youth hunter Mr. Uh, Jamie Pete and his daughter Claire Pete. 
they hunted, and he won a world ticket for them. They went to Ohio with the world with him, and I think he was about nine, and he ended up getting out of the kennel and got ran over. And they actually, the daughter I had off him, she was a nice dog. I won some hunts with her, placed in the, she won a world ticket, placed in the top five in the AKC hunt. And I actually let Claire, sold her to Claire, because she loved her daddy so much. So she handled her at the world hunt, and she bought her, and she's still alive today. I think she's 11 years old now. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And they they liked her so much and wanted wanted liked the first dog so much they wanted something else out of them. So, what uh, what what dog? What kind of dogs are you hunting now? I have I am hunting English dogs now. I hunted Walkers. I had a a couple more Walkers after him and his daughter. I had a a dog off Power Pack and Easy named Faith. Uh, she was a really nice walker dip. She she won hunts very young, and I sold her to White Right, and she she went on to be a really good little dog, good country. Uh, she'd get through the country, and I ended up buying another female off Judge Dread, and she was probably one of the best hounds I've ever touched. Uh, she I think she won ten out of thirteen calves before she was two years old, she had a monster mouth, just huge mouth that's unheard of on females. She died at two years old from a rare fungal disease. I took her to Auburn and everything. I still had to, she died at Auburn and I had to bury her, but she was super nice. And after that, I got a chance to handle Red Ruby's hard time crew and that got me started into the English line, and that's where I've been for the last six years. Well, um, coming from Walkers to English, when you started handling that dog, what what did you see that you liked uh, in that dog? And is that the same line of dogs that you're hunting today, is stuff that goes back to that? Yes, sir. Um, everything I own is off of Red Ruby's Hard Time Crow. Everything in my kennel is off of him or off a of son that I own now that I hunt. He's he's seven now. My main stud dog, Stellar's Hard Time Stoke. Uh, the accuracy is what really turned me on to this line. I love the way they hunt. They do not miss much. That the accuracy is the main part. They had good mouths too. They hustle hard, but the accuracy is well beyond what I was. I was used to with Walker breed, you hit 60, 70, 75% accurate. With this line I'm hunting now, I mean, it varies from dog to dog. You're going to get some that's just cold out of your, any stud dog. But this line, they're 80 to 90% accurate. When they trees, they got they like having things. They love being by themselves. And that's from the start, they are. And out of all the dogs I've hunted, out of that line, even Crow, Crow and Stoke are two different dynamic styles. They were both excellent in their style. Stoke is probably just the brains and hands down best hound I've ever stepped in the woods with because of what he can do outside of just treeing cones and how he trees cones. Okay. Won't you uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about, about Stoke and, and, 
you know, some, some of those traits and qualities that you see in him, you know, besides tree and coons and how he does it? Well, it's the brains he has. I, it's, it's something to watch. Uh, I went hunting not too long ago and even David Beasley and them were with me and they were like, wow, that's amazing how you just called him and told him to come off that tree that fast and he comes right to you and heals. Um, he'll load himself at the house. I just opened the kennel. He'll go load himself in the box. You take him on and he goes to his coons. If he's doing something you don't want him to, I can make him change directions. I can call him back from anywhere, make him heal. Uh, he'll you can shoot coons out, cut him from a dead coon. You can make him tote it to the truck without walking him on a lead. You never have to put a lead on it if you don't want to. Just tell him to heal, take it to the truck. He can come back. He basically trained himself with the light on the collar on his own. I just happened to try it one night, and he picked right up on it because he was cone broke to come back and heal. Well, on the hunt, after the hunt, he was still trailing, and I didn't want I didn't want to go have to chase him down. I just started flipping the light on and hollering, heel. He picked right up on it, come right to me, and he's ever done it ever since. And the style of hunting is just what I love. He does, he hustles, but he trees tunes where you cut him. He'll tree a layup, old feed track, hot cone. It don't matter. He trees any style of cone and does it in nice fashion. Got a huge mouth on the tree, big locate. He does sound like a little squeaky duck. He, he when he's on the ground, he squeaks most of the time. He doesn't put out a lot of mouth, but enough to six won't catch him and enough to let you know what he's doing. But when he comes on the tree, it's it's nice. And you you got him as a you had him as a puppy, right? We got him at about a I think he was a year and a half or almost two years old when we got him. He'd already done some winning in West Virginia. Uh, Mr. Albright had him, and we bought him from him because we owned Crow at that time, and we were looking for one of the better puppies out there out of Crow to get, and Brad McDaniel got him, which Brad owned Crow. And later on, we were hunting Crow, and we slowed down, and he said, if you'll hunt Stoke and get him right, get him like we want him, you can have half of him. Well, I did that, and I owned half of him with Brad, and then a buddy of mine, Steve Miller, brought Brad out for my whole and Stoke went up there with him, and it didn't, well, he didn't buy him. I sent him up there to hunt for the summer, and after about two nights, Steve said, I'm buying half of this dog. So he bought half of him, and then it got where it was just too far apart for me and Steve, so I bought all of Stoke back, because that's a long way to be partners on a dog and shipping him back and forth that far. So I just bought him all back and he's been mine ever since. He's going to stay mine. So whenever you got him at a year and a half, two years old, whatever he was there, was he already um, trained like that? Or is that something that you worked on after the fact? It, it, that is something I worked on after the fact. I mean, he could already treat coons. He was a nice dog, done, a couple, done some winning. But as far as handling and those aspects, he didn't have a handle or nothing like that on him. It's just something I did, and he picked up on fairly easy. And that's why he's just an intelligent dog, and he's putting the same qualities in his pups. 
Yeah. So I see the question asked a lot of times, you know, uh, younger people, uh, especially on social media, they'll, they'll, uh, end up getting a dog that's, you know, oh, 12 months to 15, 16 months old. And, you know, they're asking, you know, how, how should they start? Some, someone that, that, that's got a dog kind of, kind of like you got stoked. Where, where, where did you start to try to start putting that handle on them after they're that age? Well, when they're that age, I like to put a small handle on a young dog before, and what I mean by small handle, where you can get your hands on them. Because a lot of times when a little pup, you work that in the yard of teaching them to just come over here and get a tree just so they trust you to put your hand on Because if you take them to the woods, you take them out of the kennel, you ain't played with them, you ain't done that, you take them to the woods for the first time. You might be out there for hours trying to chase him down because he, he'll get right in front of you, take off, and won't let you put your hands on him. So I start off with a small handle like that, but then after that, I wait till they're tree and coons. They trust me well. Then we do yard work with a tone and a light shock to make them heal, and they learn the heal command. And then I transfer that to the woods at the you know year and a half to two-year-old stage. And they'll, and if they got any brains, they'll pick up on it very fast of what heal means. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I know I, uh, I take my, my puppies, I, I, I handle them, uh, you know, from the, if I, if they're young, young puppies, I handle them from the time they're young. I got a black female here. I got, she was a little older when I got her and she wasn't tone broke. And, um, I just took her and worked her in the yard a little bit and, and got her, you know, got her tone broken. It didn't take a whole, whole lot to, to get her that way. But, uh, yeah, I just think that's important to share. Cause I, I know I see a lot of people, you know, they ask, Hey, I bought this little bit older dog. Where, where should I start? And, um, or I got a puppy where should, you know, where should I start? And I, I think the, the handle that you described that you have on that dog, I think that's a handle that a lot of people anyway, I would think would want to have, uh, I definitely, I, I've got an old English female here that, you know, I can pretty much call back to me without, without tone or anything, I just call her and she'll come to me. But I, I'm not going to say I put it on there. I'm just going to say she, she kind of already had a handle, but she just trusts me and she knows I'm going to, I'm going to take care of her. So she'll, she's uh she's pretty loyal to me. Um, what, what all kind of hounds have you, have you hunted with just the English and the walkers? I've hunted with about every breed out there sometime or another at a hunt. I've hunted with some, a lot of big name dogs. I'll full throttle meltdown, Smirnoff Ice, Vapor, uh, some of the Trader dogs, uh, Ruby. I mean, Sunday's Best. The list just goes on and on. Homer, Power Pack. So I've hunted with a lot of really good, good dogs, and that was back before the giant purse came. So those. You know, you couldn't win a giant chunk with one hunt per se, a hundred grand or something like that, like they got these days. Those those were some fun times. They were some good dogs, really nice dogs. Had some great hunts with them. Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Is your dog box starting to get war? Maybe it's starting to get a little crack like mine is. Maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a to a new box, but You've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication 
custom doll boxes, and aluminum products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, reach out to Nathan at 540-810-5439, 540-810-5439, or send him a message through the Facebook page. I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now. Get you, uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication. Yeah. So in, in your your time, you have you only had walkers and in English dogs, or have you had any other breeds? I had uh, two black and tans at one time. Uh, they were, I only kept one, and he was a nice male. He actually won a couple of hunts before he was nine months old. He tree coon, but he had a style that I didn't like. Uh, when you undid the snap, he was barking, and he put out 200 barks before another dog even opened. And he didn't have much of a locate. So it was, uh, I like listening to a hound. I like an honest open hound, and it just wasn't my style. And I just never tried another one besides, you know, in the black and tan, I just, been at walker in english yeah well i'm kind of partial to black and tans just because that's what i started with back many 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 years ago um that was the first dog that i bought was a black and tan so i'm kind of partial to them i've i've got some english dogs here and i've got some black and tans here but um yeah i like i like to hear a dog work though for sure in the woods i don't my english female she's just a little bit too quiet for me on the track but she, she's a smart dog, and, and that's one of the qualities I, that I really do like about her. Yeah. I, I the, Probably the best black and tan I've been in the woods with was here in Albany, Georgia. It's been many moons ago. I think it was Valley Creek Blackout was his name. Back there, I think he won some in the Winter Classic when it was in Albany, Georgia, but I drew out with him real nice. He was a nice unit with a good mile. Yeah, there's definitely some some nice ones of of each breed out there, um, and then there's some that are not so nice. But uh, there, there's definitely some nice dogs to to pick through from from each breed, and you know no matter no matter what their what their pleasure hunting comp hunt, comp hunting whatever. I agree with that one. There's good and bad in every breed. Yeah, for sure. So. You know, we, we, we've kind of talked about, about you and the dogs you have, your stud dog that you have now, um, so, some of the things that you've done, some of the dogs you hunted with. But one of the things that we wanted to get together and talk about on this podcast today was this new uh, kennel club that's popped up on Facebook, uh, Superior Kennel Club, and kind of explain to the listeners what superior kennel club is kind of what the rules are the if there's titles if there is any you know just kind of explain what that is in generality and then we'll go into to more detailed questions as we get through here are you tired of whipping scolding and shocking to make them get alone is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night 
Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in Loner offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in, including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball-mouth-open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook. If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get your ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads. This come about after we recorded this podcast and we wanted to get this information out. The Superior Kennel Club now has a public Facebook page. You can go over to Superior Kennel Club. Search it on Facebook. It'll be SKC-Superior Kennel Club. And you can join the public Facebook page there. And you can kind of get the rules, kind of see what's going on over there. You will not be able to watch any live hunts unless you're a paid Superior Kennel Club member. That's $20 a year. And that gets you into the private group. Also, that will have the hunts live if you want to watch them or if you want to partake in them or whatever. So you can go over and check that out. It's SKC-Superior Kennel Club on Facebook to get more information on this. Well, the Superior Kennel Club, is an, everybody's had the idea of these heads-up hunts. It's been going around for a long time. They even do it. UKC, they had the single hunt where a dog went out by itself. Some of these bigger hunts, you got a heads-up match right towards the end so it's been around a while well nobody's done it the right way in my opinion it's it hadn't been done the way that i like and had a vision in my head so i got with lne kennels which is david bradley in mississippi and me and him decided to start this and we brainstormed some ideas and we want to focus it mostly on the youth hunter because if you look around this country, I got a buddy that's in Illinois, great guy. They had the state hunt. I'm not sure if it was PKC or UKC. I'll have to ask him, but it was a state hunt. His son was going to hunt in his youth. There was no other youth hunter. He had to go drive to find and pick up a boy that wanted to hunt and bring him to the hunt just so they could have the hunt. So that, that bothers me that the youth is not involved. And I know when you got parents that hunt, you got parents doing other things, a lot of this stuff gets really expensive. 
Well, I wanted to bring something where it could give back, and it was very cheap to get in, but it gave back everything to the hunters, and something very simple and fun for you to want to get involved where it wouldn't so competitive with four people. There's not a hundred rules for them to learn because that's, that's tough on a kid, a young kid. I'm a grown man, and I don't want to go in the woods and have to learn a hundred rules, chase four dogs, and walk eight miles. I don't even want to do that, and I'm grown. So no seven, eight-year-old kid really wants to do that, and it turns them off. So I was trying to come up with a format, and that's what we did to come up with a heads-up format. Every member would pay $20 to join. You get put in a private page where all the hunts are live. If the hunt's not live or you ain't got reception, you got to record it and you email it to us and so we can review it. The only way you, you can win with plus, minus, or circle, but the only way your dog gets credit for a win for the state race is with plus points on live video or recorded and sent in. We do have a state race, and the state race will go on. You get the plus point wins. The top four dogs in the state will hunt heads up at the state hunt. You'll have one dog win the state. That will be your world hunt representative. There's three divisions, the adult division, the senior uh, youth, and the lower youth, which is seniors 13, 17, lower youth 12 and under. So you'll have three state champions if there's that many that's in the state. Some states might only have one state champion. The only way you go to the world hunt is you've got to have five-plus point wins to even be eligible. So you want to compete, and the way you compete is a domino effect kind of deal. If you join, you want to get your friends that hunt around you to join. That's how you got people you can compete against. I mean, you're going to pleasure hunt anyway. Why not make it fun, you and your buddy? Go for an hour and a half. Go live on our page. One of you is going to get a win. And that goes to your state race. There's also titles. You win 10 plus point wins, you're a super champion. You win 20, you're a superior champion, and you will get a certificate. And our main goal is to get folks involved, get the youth involved, where they're not having to stress about these rules while they're hunting. They're having fun and letting their dog do all the talking. I mean, the rules are simple. Get one plus point for first tree. The tree will either be plus, circled, or minus. If you, the time tree, time on the tree is a minute long. So if you back in the side the minute, the second dog backs, he gets a half a point. And those points go for plus, minus, circle, same deal. There's a stationary rule if a dog's treed and you don't want to call him, you get stationary is five minutes. The judge will put the stationary on. If you do not train five minutes up, y'all have to go in and verify his tree. If he is, he's minus one tree point. If he's found trailing, it's off of him. Uh, off game, you're scratched. Um, the rules are just that simple. It's basically a coon for coon thing. There's no strike point. You will just strike your dog so the judge can acknowledge which dog is which. So he knows the difference. And you, your two handlers, your two members, you can face any member you want. That's why it's key for somebody to join, get your buddies to join. Them buddies are going to get their buddies to join. Then you've got a whole community in your state 
that you can go over here and hunt against whoever you want in a heads-up match, no entry fee, hour and a half, have fun. All you ever paid was 20 bucks. If you win your state, you go on to the world hunt, and the whole pot from all the memberships paid will be paid out at the world hunt. Okay, so just so to clarify here, you pay the $20 uh, into Superior Kennel Club. That gets you a membership for the entire year, and whoever you hunt against also has to be a member. Uh, you go live on, on the page or record it and, and send it in, and then um, the payout at the end of the year is whatever the membership fees were, throughout the year uh paid out divided equally between the three categories if there is three or how does that how does that work or do you have those details yet we haven't got to those details yet i think it's going to be a percentage the whole hundred percent will be paid out to the hunters but i think the adult will get a bigger percentage than the seniors and then the lower kids will get the smallest amount, but it's going to still be a good check amount. It's not going to be nothing small, according to the size of the group, the members that we have. This is nonprofit. Me, David, Steve Miller, Ashton Lynn, Doug Adams of Trickle Creek, uh, Tyson Adams. All of us are doing this for free. We're not making a dime. Chris McCreary, he's our tech guy right now. He's making ads. He's the one that's making all these fancy rules for us because I don't own a computer and I'm not good at computer stuff. We got Conky Outdoors that's joined. They're going to be working with us on some new technology, and we're working together on that. So that's real exciting. Uh, Tyler Duncan, his podcast, and all his guys joined. They really like what we got going on. Um, our main goal is to use, and I'm hoping we're going to try to do something. The details are still being worked out for this winter for the youth, maybe having a good hunt for the youth and working on getting sponsors to help the burden of the cost of them getting a hotel room, you know, to help with their cost fuel or hotel room so the youth will never be charged in this group. Uh, no youth has to pay a membership fee. If you have four kids and you want your kids to compete, you as a parent pay $20 one time. All of your kids are free to compete then. They will be added to the group. They can compete. So no youth will ever be charged an entry fee. No adult will ever be charged an entry fee. So that's what we're leaning towards. And between the members, if you got a heads up hunt and you and that person, y'all y'all are in charge of finding you a judge that y'all both agree that lives in your area or your buddy, and he'll judge and he can video. If he's not a member, the two hunters, y'all pitch in $10 a piece to say thank you for him and pay his membership so he can be part of it. And he can watch these live hunts all year long for free, you know, and he didn't do nothing but judge a cast. That's a good gesture to do. So that's what we aiming for. We get two guys together, have fun, let the dogs do the talking. And I think being live, it will showcase your hound for these guys that there's guys out there that's got a heck of a hound that's just pleasure hunters. That this competition ain't their thing, or they can't afford to drive all over the place hit these hunts. 
but this is something they could do right here in their own little town and go have fun with a buddy pleasure hunting and you make it a fun competition hunting without all the headaches of the rules and the arguing over the money it's just a fun thing to work towards yeah and we we talked about that before we hit record i've got a buddy that i'm going to talk to about this um because he, he, he don't competition hunt, but I think this would some, be something he would be interested in as uh, just, you know, something something different, something fun to do, uh, for sure. So, um, t- to me, you, you've, you've kind of went over some things that are important to me. The youth uh, is very important to me and, and very important to our sport. But um, why would someone out there, if they're on the fence – uh, about paying that twenty dollars, and, and I mean, we all know you can go to, to the, you can go to the gas station, and you can you can spend twenty dollars on a, on a drink and a candy bar, or two drinks and a candy bar, pretty quick. So twenty dollars is not that much. But but what would you say to someone that's on the fence, that's kind of iffy if they should 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 do it or not? Maybe they're maybe they're unsure of of the of you know. What happens if this don't go through? What happens if this don't make it? Um, what What would you say to them to kind of push them over that edge to try to get them to join? Well, the way I look at this whole thing is this. Out of all the kennel clubs out there, you have to pay membership. You have to pay entry fees. Those are a lot of money. And a lot of luster has been lost for the little man these days because of the bigger hunts. But there's a place for those bigger hunts. Those are good for the sport. But there's this little guy that don't get to showcase his dog, and this is a good opportunity to showcase your dog, and all you ever invested was 20 bucks. you got a shot to go win your state. All you spend is $20. You've got a shot to go to the world hunt. It's all live. You get a chance to show your dog off and be seen. And far as any of those other kennel clubs, you lose one thirty dollar cast or you lose one twenty five dollar UKC cast, you just lost more money than you will lose with our kennel club in a whole year. And it's all that twenty dollars is going back to us hunters. And we guys are doing it for free. Um if something doesn't work out, which I think even if we stay small, this is going to be something that keeps going because it's going to be paid out. A lot of people like it, but if it didn't and we decide this is just too much hassle, you know, ain't getting big enough, we'll talk to the members. That's why the group's private. Everybody in there is going to have a say-so. If you if somebody wanted their 20 bucks back, we'd hand it back to them. But our, if we didn't, we would say, hey, is everybody mind? Let's raffle all this off. Let's go buy all kinds of coon hunting equipment, lights, garments, collars, leads, and let's take all the youth that's in this club and let's spin a wheel and give this stuff to the youth. So your money's going to go back to the youth and the hunter. One way or the other, it can go back to you if something happens and we didn't make it. But I really feel this thing could really be big and good for the sport, good for youth, and somebody... At the end of the day, somebody's going to be smiling, getting a big check, and all they ever invested was twenty bucks. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and say this uh, before we before we move any further is me and Todd talked yesterday on the phone, 
and while I was at work for a few minutes and, and just a few minutes, he talked to me on the phone, the, um, j- just, just what they are wanting to do for the youth was enough to convince me to spend my $20 to join the Superior Kennel Club. Uh, so I am a member now. And I think if you're out there and you're on the fence, it's 20 bucks. I mean, sp- spend $20, see what it's like. You just heard him say, if it if, if it don't go and you want your money back, uh, as long as you're, I think, you know, probably not asked to leave the group, as long as you're being sportsmanship-like, you, you'll get your $20 back. Um, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, I think it's something that has definitely been been making its rounds, uh, this one-on-one stuff. And I think that uh, it, it could be something that, that could grow for, for sure. And, and anything to benefit the youth, get the youth excited, get the youth involved in it, uh, I, I think it's always a plus for our sport. Yes, and, and we got a good good board of guys running this. I got Steve, he's up in Iowa, Doug Adams in Ohio. Uh, you got David Bradley, Eleanor Kennels in Mississippi. You got me in Georgia. We got Conkeys down in Florida. I mean, there's a lot of ideas being thrown around, and we'll evolve as we go. Now, if we get big enough to where we want to turn this thing into a registry, we got those things in play. We got those things in our pocket that we can turn it into. But we don't, we're focusing on keeping it always 20 bucks. If we have to go up, because we got to hire a secretary to handle this stuff, if we get that big, the membership will move up. and But everybody will be up, let known up front where it's going. We're still going to stay nonprofit until we have to do something different. But our main focus is staying exactly like this, giving it all back and making somebody just 20 bucks, and you can compete for a big check, and your dog gets showcased. The, the little man, the pleasure hunter over here, he's going to finally get seen if he wants to. He don't have to drive way up to a big hunt and compete and take a chance of losing a, a ton of money that's going to hurt him and his family. That's a gamble, and it's tough on a lot of people. Most of these days and times, everything's super expensive. So this is something you can do in your backyard and have a good time, meet new guys, and just have fun with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I and I know this next question I'm going to ask is, you know, it, it may be just a simple I don't know, and if that's it, that is, it is what it is. But um, as this thing grows, as you see the memberships grow, um, at, at some point I would I would kind of think that the local club would need to get involved to really get this thing to um, – take off you know to pull in maybe some more memberships or even the clubs buy memberships and start doing you know a two dog cast on their club hunt nights or, or something along those lines and, and videoing it to, to help grow this what what uh what benefits in there in there for the club because I, I don't think in our sport we can really see the local club go away because a big portion of our sport um a lot of people that I talk to when I interview on the podcast uh, is, you know, going to these clubs, going to these hunts, and meeting multiple um, people, and, and the camaraderie that's built there, the brotherhood that's built there. Uh, what what 
what is do, do you have a future goal or future plan to, to somehow incorporate the, the local uh, coon hunting club? Yes, we've talked about that, and that's why when we started, we started trying to put a rip, if not two rips, in each state. That the rip, he's there to talk, handle stuff, and that's setting up future stuff for maybe a club. So if down the road, if we get big enough where we can handle stuff like that and they want a club hunt, which would be awesome, you could have an eight-dog hunt on a weekend at a certain club in a certain state, and that whole eight dog hunt go live, you know, that's what we're, you know, that's way down the road, but there's still a lot of details to work out, but I would love to have clubs get in place if we get big enough there, because that helps out a lot. You got, you can have a head guy to help run things and keep up with dogs, uh, send the info in for us. It'll take the burden off, but keep it in the hunter's hands at the same time. Uh, so I like the idea. We've kicked it around, but we got to get there first, and that that comes from the hunters getting involved and trusting to put their twenty dollars in something and go hunt for it. And I think it can be a great thing. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, I agree with you there. And you know, there's I, I I've interviewed some. Some older gentlemen, uh, I'm not going to say they're too old to get in the woods, but, you know, they're, they're getting up there and, and they've they've kind of confessed that, you know, sometimes they have a, uh, a hard time getting, you know, still getting out to the tree, to the dog. And I, I think, you know, as competition hunters, uh, as we get older and we can't make it to that tree every time or, you know, the, the dogs just range out too far, this gives those guys an opportunity to join and even be spectators to help grow that and they can stay involved in the sport that way. I agree a hundred percent, but the dogs these days are a lot of them are different. I mean, they are going to be by themselves. When you cut four dogs in a cast, they go four different ways. And a lot of times it's just, uh, which dog went the right way is going to win the cast. If your dog went left and they ain't much to the left and the other dog went right, he's going to win the cast. You lost when you cut yours loose. And they're going to go miles. You'll end up walking four or five miles in one cast because there's four dogs and they're trying to stay away from each other. This gives that a different outlook with two dogs. They're not going to be pushing each other as bad. They're still probably going to split up, but it ain't going to be near as bad. An older gentleman could keep up. You're working at your own pace. Uh, it, I think you're, you hit a good point with the older people and the really younger people can keep up with this format. Yeah, for sure. And did you say, uh, how, how long of a hunt did you say you 90 minutes? Is that what you said? These, these were, you got a choice. You can hunt an hour and a half, two hours or three. It's between the two. That's why we left it in the hunter's hands. The rules, we got a good format of rules. Anybody can look them up. You just go to our page. I think there you can click on the about, it tells you what the group's about. It tells you the rules. I've shared the rules. If anybody's got any questions, they can private message me. I will be glad to talk to them on the phone or through the messenger, whatever. Show them the rules. But that's why we left it in the hunter's hands. They get to pick what time limit they want to hunt. They get to find their judge. 
they get to handle the camera or get somebody to their buddy to walk with them as a spectator video the hunt so it's basically in their hands and what they do is once you find a partner you want to hunt with you send us the date y'all decide to hunt send us a picture of your dogs the names of the dogs we will make up an ad for free and advertise that hunt everywhere on all these big sites you know english Walker mafia all that everything for you and that's so people see your dog your dog's gonna get seen before you ever even hunt and somebody that's hey i've heard of that dog i'm gonna watch it hunt that will draw members they're gonna join just to watch your hunt live we had one live last night when the hunt was over a fellow in mississippi said me and my wife watched this whole hunt and this is a great group i it was awesome not the first bickering not the first cuss word it was a pleasure to watch keep doing a good job and that meant a lot so um you're paying twenty dollars to join the kennel club you're not paying twenty dollars to quote unquote watch a video of dogs hunting every time you're paying a twenty dollars one time that takes care of you for a year you can watch as many hunts as you want to once you've paid your 20 through that group and you're building the the ad uh for the hunt for the hunters at no charge yes sir that is correct Okay, I just I want to make sure we're we, we're trying to be as clear as possible here, so everybody kind of understands, you know, what's going on, and and you know, try to try to help you grow this thing to to uh, be something that you know everybody can look forward to uh, to hunting in, and, and you know, the the more memberships you you grow, obviously, the way it sounds to me, the the bigger the purse will be at the end of the year. That is correct. I mean, you just do simple math. If you got a thousand members, that's that's $20. That's 20 grand. So if 20 states are involved, you're going to have 20 dogs go in there. You're going to be hunting against 20 dogs. Well, actually, it's a heads up matchup. You'll be hunting against 10 dogs. So you got a one in 10 chance. You're fitting to walk away with a huge check and all you ever paid was 20 bucks. And that's, that's huge. And yeah, uh, if on the ad, like last night, we had a, a hunt got canceled because a dog was injured for Wednesday night. Well, somebody stepped up and said, well, we'll hunt the next night. We didn't have enough time to do an ad on that hunt. So if you're going to do a hunt, give us a good week's head up so we can get that ad done and, you know, advertise it for you. If you can give us more than a week, that's great. But, yeah, there's no charge on that. I got a guy that's wonderful, Chris McCreary. He does an awesome job. Okay. If they're out there and they are a member, um, is there an email address they can send this stuff to? How do they get this information to you uh, to build the ads uh, for the hunt? Well, if you're a member, you can post it on the page and we'll get with you right there. Or you can send a private message to any of the reps with me, Ellen and Kennel, Steve Miller, and we'll get it to the appropriate person for you. All you got to do is be a member, be on the group, and get it on the group, and we'll handle it. Okay. And you talked about sponsors earlier, and which I think this is a great idea if you can if you can come up with a way to get this done, is to help take some of the burden off of uh, some of the parents 
you know, from footing so much of the bill, not that they, they, you know, that they're getting something for free cause it's still going to cost them a little something, but you know, like helping with hotel rooms and stuff like that. What do you see, uh, or how do you see to get, we can get these sponsors drawn in to, to help, uh, support some of that stuff? Well, that's, that's a good question. I mean, you gotta have members, you gotta have eyes on it for folks to see how it's going. And that's what we're hoping to do. Get the right people watching, get the right people involved. And those good people are going to step up when it comes time. Like our board guy, Steve Miller, he's already, he's already said he's going to furnish the trophies out of his own pockets for those kids. Me, Ellen and Kennel, we're going to throw extra money at it for them. We're going to help sponsor. We've already said that. So it comes from the hunters. Once you get the right eyes on it, and we're going to advertise it, and we're going to post it, hey, looking for sponsors. The good folks is going to step up, and we'll divvy it out amongst the youth to help cover that cost for the youth and their parents. Hey, guys. Jason at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Today, I'm here to talk to you about a benefit hunt that's coming up. The State of Missouri Coon Hunters Association is holding the annual Shriners Children's Hospital benefit hunt on September the 24th, 2022. This is a UKC sanctioned event. There will be a bench show and a night hunt. There will also be a auction on the grounds at one o'clock. For more information on that, you can go to the Shriners Children's Hospital Benefit Stud Dog Auction and more on Facebook and check it out you can scroll down through there the winner of the bench show is going to get a cz custom dog box the winner of the night hunt is going to get the same custom dog box there's a dog box up for auction right now over there and a ton of stud dogs really nice dogs be a good opportunity to reserve a breeding uh, for one of these dogs get it put get your name in there stay on top of it Make sure you win it so you can uh, get a good breeding for that good female that you got out there. Uh, and there's a ton more other prizes. There's puppies being given away, uh, some young young dogs that are being auctioned, uh, a, a lot of good things. Coon hunters are coming together for a great cause here. Help us make this hunt a large hunt here in Missouri. Help us raise some money to, to give to the Shriners Hospital. Uh, the, these guys are excited. They're they're on they're really on fire here to try to make this hunt big. They're making a push here to make it. So help these guys out to uh, really make this hunt a a big hunt. You can reach out to Larry Bourbon if you don't have Facebook. And his phone number is 636-388-5420. 636-388-5420 or you can also reach out to Colton Ingram and his phone number 636-249-3330 636-249-3330 if you have something that you can auction off get with these guys they'll get it posted up on the page and get the auction running anything and everything it doesn't have to be coon hunter coon hunted related get it to them let's help these guys raise money for a great cause here coon hunters always come together to help other people this is a great cause to help people let's help the state of missouri coon Hunter association send a big check to the shriners hospital thanks okay and th- those those uh 
funds will be uh, allocated for, for the youth for like the uh, world hunts that that the youth would have to travel to and and uh, and hunting is that is that correct? Yes, it will be for the world hunt. That would be right, and it will not come out of the membership world hunt pot. This will be totally separate thing for those youth, just for the youth at the world hunt. Okay, and and I know this is early. We've you, you, this you may not can answer this question either. But uh, is there location for world hunt? Is it going to be in one location? Will this thing move around each year so it can kind of be convenient from time to time for everybody? Uh, do, do do are we far enough along yet to have those kind of details? Well, we talked about it. You know, I think we would like to move it around some, so it, you know, each year to take the burden off of a certain area. Uh, we'll have to see how many states get involved, but basically, if any, if anything, it's going to be a central location for everybody to reach the first year, probably, and then we'll go from there as as we grow, if we move it around the areas. Cause better suit each person each year take turns like the other clubs do but i think central location for the first year until we get big enough you know that could devil's in the details on that one according to the memberships we get yeah for sure speaking of states representative do do you have a, a a rough idea of what states are currently uh being representative uh representative out there um, maybe someone's joined and they're not sure if there's someone else in their area or someone else in their state that's joined. Um, do, do you have any, any numbers on that or idea on that? Oh, we got off the top of my head. We got Illinois. Uh, we got Ohio, Florida, uh, North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Iowa, I think we got Nebraska. That's off the top of my head what I've got right now. Okay, so you got a you got a good foundation there of states to to really start with this thing and grow and maybe maybe get some some dogs out of it to uh, to to compete uh, in in a world hunt. It sounds like to yes, me. sir. Okay, yes, yes, uh, we do. I think that was the questions that I had um, for it that we wanted to get the information out there to people so they understand. Is there anything that we missed that 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 you wanted to cover to make sure everybody was clear on or or understood? Well, the only way you know, just any information you need, you can contact me on Facebook. Anybody can find me. A lot of people know me. Um, there, there's three ways to pay. You can pay by Venmo cash app or you can mail a check either one of them is fine okay and i'm going to put uh the links to those uh cash out Venmo, etc in the show notes so you can just click down on the show notes and uh be able to join you know right there by clicking that link uh just to just to kind of make it easier um is there any other before we before we get off here? We're we're right at an hour, and I've got a couple more things before we move off of this. Is there any any other uh, closing remarks you want to make, or uh, anybody you want to thank, or or uh, 
say anything to? Yeah, I want to thank LNE Kennels for stepping up to start this thing with me, and then all the other group of guys, Steve Miller, Chris McCreary, Doug Adams, they jumped right on board, no questions asked, and Ashton Lynn, she's done a good job. I really appreciate everybody's hard work because everybody's got a full-time job, and we're handling this for free, and that shows that we actually care what we're doing, and we want to do it for the right reasons. It, it's not about the money. It's about the hunters and the dogs. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said uh, earlier, um, the conversation we had, you know, w- w- the um, – the surrounding around the, the, the youth, the youth seems to be the, the, the focus. And I really like that. I think that's important for our sport. It's important to have something they can get excited about and it don't cost an arm and a leg to go do and have an opportunity to win some, some, some nice money prize and maybe some, some nice other, uh, prizes and gifts that, that they could get. And, and hopefully we get some sponsors to step up and, uh, put in some some product that can be raffled off or uh, so, some monetary uh, gifts given that, to help take the burden off of some of the parents to get these youth uh, to the world hunt. Yes, sir. I agree. There's nothing like a kid. I mean, it's one thing to go to hunt and win, but to go compete, have fun, and be have your dog and you showcase live for everybody to see. And have a chance to for, to win a state race, world hunt, and you didn't have all the burden of the money, and that's a lot on a kid, and the kid will be proud of that. Get be on live video. Yeah, I I, I agree with you there, a hundred percent for sure. Um, well, I think that covered everything uh, that we wanted to cover with the with the kennel club. I always like to end the podcast with a good coon hunting story. So, do do you got something you can share with us? Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got a good one. Oh, uh, Buck Clements is real. That that's my buddy. I've hunted with him a long time. He owns a really nice dog, crossbred out of Spare Time Spanky, and Schooner River Spice. And matter of fact, it was the last hunt that I hunted that Walker female that was really nice that died at two years old. He helped me bury her. But the last competition hunt we was on, come down to the last tree. I got lucky and won the cast, but we were scoring his dog's tree, and it was a den tree. Had a big old hole in the front. He's up in there leaning and looking up in that tree, and I happened to notice there was a little hole in the back side of it, about the size of your hand. I was like, man, Buck, I think he's got that coon. I need you to look in there one more time, and I'm going to tap on this tree. I, I bet you we'll see him. He leaned in there when he did. I stuck my hand through that backside and hit my squall and touched his face. He liked to kill himself that night, trying to get out of that den tree. We laughed so hard at that, and that was a really good memory because it was the last time I got to hunt that female. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good for sure. Uh, well, I think we we all we all have the tendency to 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 maybe play some jokes when we're out there, uh, for sure. Well, uh, if you yes, don't, sir. if you don't have anything else, we've been at it right at an hour. Um, I think we covered everything pretty well. Um, if you're interested in helping out Superior Kennel Club, reach out to Todd, uh, look him up on Facebook and, uh, 
you can join if you're a sponsor out there get a hold of them let them know what you can do what you can help out with uh, i believe every little bit would help to uh to help get the youth involved the 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 sweeter you can make it at the at the end of the year for them i think the better it'll be the the more people you can get involved yeah and i want to put a thank out to my wife cause, and coon hunting because it was coon hunting when i met my wife and and i got we got some beautiful kids and She's been wonderful, and if it wasn't for coon hunting, I wouldn't have never met her. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a good thing, and you definitely got to uh, give thanks for his due, especially when it comes to our wives. They a lot of times put up with us being gone, chasing a dog, training dogs, being on the road hunting, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and they they make sure things are took care of at home. That's right. She always tells me you got to listen to those re- leaves rustle on that phone at night. <laughs> Because I'll watch a live hunt like last night, and I get a kick out of it. But she puts up with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've covered it all. I think we'll shut it down right here. Uh, Todd, I appreciate you being on the Coonhound Collective podcast. And I want to thank Nathan Kaufman and CZ Welding and Custom Doll Boxes for helping making this podcast possible and the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, go over and check out our YouTube channel, too. We'll be releasing some videos there on some some products and on the doll box that we got from Nathan if we haven't already got it put out. Thank you for joining us today on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Thanks guys for listening to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.